sniff this unit. Awkward exits. <laughs> and Juan Lava. You know that's right. It's episode five. <laughs> no, it's episode 14, season five of this podcast. <laughs> and it's like, and it starts right about now. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. 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 <laughs> and welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, riding shotgun in the bluebird with me, as always, is the dad flashes wearing, TC shirt tugging, ghost house touring, woo, coffin flopping, steak slopping, Stanzo's rolling son of a gun, and he's having a hard time holding those alligators down. Billy, my man, how's it going? I think that was the first time I broke you during the open. <laughs> I even I couldn't even get, gather myself. That was the... <laughs> that's this season. Last season was sniff that unit or sniff this unit. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, that was one of the highlights of the episodes, no doubt. And yeah, I just I couldn't even stumble through the open. But uh, I think I think. You know, the, the people will be uh, happy because when we're happy, hopefully they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking tremendous, really. <laughs> I was I great expecting that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's an, that's an honor of the uh, the hard work you put in for the Mac and Goo uh, uh, bracket, March Madness, uh, March Macness uh, bracket this year featuring the uh, I think you should leave characters. Uh, hell, of, hell of a bracket. Fun time filling that out. And uh, so it's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go full. Uh, I think you should leave this week and uh, it felt good. It felt good, but we are not here to talk. I think you should leave. That'll be our fourth podcast. <laughs> this podcast, our current podcast is uh, I've heard it both ways. And we are talking psych season five, episode 14, the polarizing express. And if I may be punny here, William, this episode was very polarizing. Yeah, it was indeed because it lacked what a normal psych episode lacked in a lot of ways, especially in the sense that it wasn't clean. It didn't flow. It didn't fit together the way a normal psych episode fits. It felt very clunky, very odd. The transitions weren't even the transition from scene to scene was kind of odd. There was a lot of odd things in the episode, no doubt there was some funny stuff, but overall, this might be my least favorite psych episode ever. Yeah, this, so that that's why this episode is so polarizing, because I think there are elements to this episode that I love very much. And there are other elements of this episode that I hate very much. And it's it's very uh, it's it's weird because this is a James Roday um, ep written episode. Mm -hmm and directed episode and i can you get some of those elements that i think make a directed and written rode episode great there's you, you can see like because there's things he likes to do artistically that are a little off the beaten path which generally hit mm -hmm. and i think i have you know i i can see what he's trying to accomplish with this episode it just didn't get pulled off the way that some of the other episodes that he's, you know, directed um, and written 
have and it is very clunky and my biggest gripe with this episode is that it is an episode essentially without a crime there was no fucking reveal like there was but there wasn't at the same time like this was this was an episode that was paying homage to uh it's a wonderful life you mm-hmm. know Rodé clearly is a jimmy stewart fan as well and he oh, you know look oh. us. it's a wheelchair <laughs> and like i get what he was trying to do he just didn't execute it and that that was it was this was just a big swing and a miss and it was what's what's funny too is that we we, earlier just a few episodes ago we had maybe one of the greatest homage episodes that they've done followed now by maybe the worst one they've ever well yeah but that was to me a little bit different because that was a blending of a story into a psych world whereas this they tried to accomplish like a christmas carol or it's a wonderful life inside of a psych episode and they just couldn't pull it off from really i think any connective tissue standpoint i felt very I don't know. I just it. It, it was disjointed. I, it was it, it was, was very disjointed. I feel like even the editing of it at points was like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, because they're trying to, uh, they're they're trying to do the whole like alternate reality thing, mm-hmm. like you get from "It's a Wonderful Life," but also trying to do like the ghosts of Christmas Pat as well, like with the different characters, and it's just again. I see where he was trying to go with it. It it just like the the ball just fucking zinged off the you know you mm-hmm. a, a mile you know you know right of the foul pole there. Um, so like the the plot wasn't great. The the way that the episode came together wasn't great, but there were great bits of comedy. Uh, you know, oh, sprinkled yeah. throughout the episode. No, no, no doubt. There was stuff I really liked in here, but for the most part, and we're not here to trash psych. I mean, this is the only episode I haven't actually really enjoyed in the entire series, I think, so far. And that's including Lindsay Lykehand episodes and uh, episodes of the like there. So we're not here. But at to least totally... there was a mis- but at least there was a mystery in that episode. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, that wasn't my biggest gripe because there have been other episodes where the crime isn't really the main thing or the crime doesn't come together really to the end. To me, it might have helped pull the story together a little bit, but this was just, it didn't feel like I was watching an episode of Psych. It felt like I was watching a bad Christmas special, and essentially that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, that, that was the other thing, too, uh, is that you, you the, the show actually started off on a very serious tone, right? And we talked about this last week. Like, Sean's fucking up, and he's really, you know, just showing a complete, you know, lack of knowledge or, or disregard of like he's got to follow some semblance of you know police procedure right and again he's on the verge of like blowing up his entire career everything that him and him and gus have built and it's really serious because you've got you've got the i'm assuming it's a district attorney or the whatever it is the prosecutor whatever is in there and he's fucking lambasting chief vic and everyone and like he goes like from really really serious to intense so then you get this bubbly, Christmassy, you know, intro, you know, song intro, and then it goes right into the goofiness. Like, I did not like that. The, the the tone change and shift just from moment A to moment B like that so quickly, I found a little off-putting. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole theme of this episode, that nothing kind of flows. Everything, uh, as my journalism teacher used to say, you don't want it to bump down the stairs, you want it to flow down the river. And this episode just felt like you were bumping down the stairs the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were they were bumping uglies right all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> right. So But even then you can get into a rhythm. Like, <laughs> a quick we one. never got into a rhythm. <laughs> so um <laughs> we we've given you a bunch of our quick thoughts. What we mm-hmm. haven't given you yet is the synopsis or William R. Process. Usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle. And then if there's time in between, Thundercats. Ho oh. 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 Great addition, William. Oh, tremendous. For those for those listening, you 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 didn't get to see the the you want to talk about flowing down a river? Yeah, that 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 <laughs> was that was a nice river uh, river raft right there. Uh but uh quick synopsis for the case. Uh Sean one uh Sean wonders what life would have been like had he not returned to Santa Barbara. So this is a very Sean-centric episode. Um and and it should have. It was. It was more maybe more of a Tony Cox uh, centered episode because he really was the star of this uh, episode. So, unless you have any more quick thoughts, Billy, we'll get into director, writer, and and, and all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, let's do it. Director was James Rodan. As we look at his list of things he's directed here, Tuesday the seventeenth. But I think we both liked a good deal. Yeah. Um, Mr. Yun presents was very good. This, the Polarizing Express, didn't love. Uh, this episode sucks. The vampires episode, fantastic episode. We're sucky. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. It is a fantastic episode. Here's Lassie is pretty good. That yeah. one's also a little bit um, not clunky, but it's definitely not your regular psych episode. Lassie jerky is a good episode. D's nups, I think, is in a period of three kind of crappy episodes. Those are the Juliet and Sean on the Fritz episodes, and then a nightmare on State Street, which is a fantastic episode. Uh, that is the one uh, I think the fans got to pick what kind of an episode it is it is Kurt Smith's oh, in it. So like right. Right. when you're when you're getting a Sean Spencer, uh, James Rode Rodriguez episode, it's a very different feel for sure. And for the most part, it's pretty good. Yeah, because, you know, he does some things artistically and stylistically uh, that are different than what we get in a traditional psych episode like. One of the things that I'll, uh, that I'll get into, because I don't know what else I'll, I'll really be able to talk about it, but one of the things that I liked about this, the way the storytelling was done in this episode was, so again, right, we, it's in the vein of It's a Wonderful Life and, right, sort of A Christmas Carol, but like wondering what life is like without Sean Spencer. So you, we get, you know, a small glimpse into these characters of like what their life would have been. And there's... Some of them really great, some of them not so great. But one of the things that I liked throughout all of them was like Sean is sort of in this. He's 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 dreaming essentially, right? Uh, and he's got the the news on in the background, and that he fell asleep to. And so, like one of the things I thought was really cool is that all of a sudden one of the characters within the scene will break their character and will just go straight. Fa- you know, we'll, we'll play it straight and just read off, or you know, we'll just talk whatever the news is going on about this particular case. I did like uh, that storytelling device. It was one of right. the things that was consistent throughout. Unlike many other things in the episode. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. That's a road day type um, 
you know, choice that, that that's made, you know, I think, I think what he does really well is suspense. And this was not an episode that called for suspense. Um, and so we, we didn't get every, you know, we didn't get him at his best because honestly, that's what he really does. Um, he does better than, than anyone. Yeah. And quickly, uh, I'll say too, looking at his director stuff, I went back and then looked at his writing stuff and that's, I think, a little bit more where he is really zinging it, throwing 90s paint in the corners, um, you know, because he helped write a lot of my favorite episodes, whereas he didn't direct many of my favorite episodes. And, you know, just look at your favorite episodes and then, like, highlight the guy who did them. And you'll be very uh, not surprised, but, you know, a good amount of those episodes that you like are all written by the same guy. They all have the same feel. So it's weird that now we're doing the show in season five, certain episodes have a feel. And when then you look at the director slash writers, you kind of see, Oh, this is, I forget the guy's name. It was like Andy Burton or something, but he did a, like every one of my favorite episodes. And I was like, Oh my God, Andy Berman is yeah. like the, the guy that, like really I think is with Steve Frank's psych. Whereas James uh, Rade tries to get outside of the box, which I always appreciate. Yeah. And then I can't remember who the guy was or the woman that did like all the spy, like they did all the spy themed episodes. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so director, writer, James Rode, writer, Steve Frank's uh, Saladin Patterson and James Rode. Uh standout guest star. I uh, already mentioned it. Tony Cox. Who mm. plays Tony Cox? He's essentially playing his character from Bad Santa, which I absolutely love. I love this little guy. He's fantastic. He's great in all things that he's in. Although I did think they put a little too much weight on him here mm -hmm. to carry this episode. And he's not the world's most talented or great actor. So he lacks in a couple of like the quick, quippy moments. But, you know, we'll get to probably one of his best line deliveries later. But. At times he's really good. At times he's a little clunky. Yeah, yeah, but it's his one-liners when he delivers them, just like <laughs> you know, like like he did in, in Bad Santa. Right? He kissed my bubble loving ass. He kissed my little black bubble loving ass, and yep. she she like <laughs> sniff this unit. Oh, uh, that, that's that's real. That's that, that'll amazing. forever kill me, Billy. I had no. I I should have expected. I didn't see it coming though. Like boom, I just lost it. Uh, so again, this makes what four episodes in a row now with no cold open mm, so in the get... sense of like not their typical cold open. Yeah, right, right. There was no flashback scene to when to when they were young. Uh, he sort of gets right to it. And so the, you know, the episode starts with Sean, you know, he's at the he's at the office and he's watching the news and on the news is him, you know, rifling through someone's office, gathering in, you know, evidence and uh that's not how evidence is gathered, folks. And uh, so Sean fucked up. He fucked up big. Mm -hmm. And in the modern day world where uh, the show would take place now, if they did something, ring cameras would be getting him all the time doing the snooping around stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this happened in like the uh, mid 2000s. Yeah, he could. And, and that was one of the things he kept saying. Was like, I, There was no cameras in the place. I checked. I knew there were no cameras. So he was absolutely perplexed how this surveillance video, uh, you know, surface got got in the hands of the news outlet um but what this does is it pretty much sinks the case that the santa barbara police department had against uh zarsky um and a, who, <laughs> zarsky, who was a you know a big time you know local 
crime boss who they've been trying to put behind bars for years. And this essentially gets him off because all the evidence was obtained illegally. And this puts Sean and the Santa Barbara police department um, in a lot of hot water. So much so that the chief uh, suspends Sean. She suspends him indefinitely and he gets mad. He says, chief, make up your mind. Am I fired or not? (laughs) (laughs) Which (laughs) I love. It's not definite. It's indefinite. Right. And so like, that's that's the one thing that we did get throughout this episode was Sean was Sean was on his his a game for sure. And we even get Henry being like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, what we, are you we, trying to say here? <laughs> yeah, because he's he's being a little Sean there, too. And then she's like, yeah, you, Henry, you're fired. So Sean's like fucked up. He's cost Henry his job. Uh, he's he's suspended. Sykes suspended. Uh, the, the police department looks like a bunch of fucking dildos. And so, like, this was not a good moment. Not a good moment for Sean. Um, and so now so we get to Henry's. And this is Prick here. Henry. And I know you're going to say, you know, you're more and more like Henry every day. But this one, we'll get you. You say your piece first then. Yeah, because I, I, I as the older I get, the more I understand Henry. And I get why he's mad here, because I would have been pissed, too. And like I, I would have been he I was with him until a certain point. And then he says something that even for Henry, I think is uncharacteristic. And but they needed to serve as a plot point to, to get where the episode was going. But he was a real prick here and said, sometime, Sean, I wondered if things would have been better off had you never come home. That is a fucking that is just a cruel thing to say yeah and what like looking back you know we started the henry is a prick award thing and then we changed it to father of the year because we realized what henry was doing all along was just being a good dad this was more over a plot device and i think they kind of forced it in there yes and it didn't work because it was a little bit too much of a body blow to sean i didn't really like it for the episode but i think that's what they kind of painted themselves into a corner and they kind of had to go with it and they did give the shot of Henry showing a little regret in his face. I would have liked a little more there being like Sean, 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 like, and he just like storms out exactly. something like that just to kind of soften the blow a little bit. Like, oops, I didn't mean that. Let me reel that one back in. But again, it's the plot device for the episode. So they kind of had to go with it. Yeah. So like I said, cause that was cruel. Henry can be a lot of things. He's not cruel, right? Well, in the psych movie, psych three, he says the thing about being a fucking parent to Sean or some shit. Oh, and that yeah, was yeah. fucking over the top. That was crazy. Yeah, I forgot about that. But like those yeah. are like the two ones that these are the two ones that really stand out. And I think I forget the situation exactly for the uh the psych movie one. That was totally out of left field. This was more of they needed it as the plot device so Sean could have the dream about going back and looking at what people's life would be like without. Right, right. So, uh, you know, we, we, we get that. So now we're back at the office and Sean's just kind of like, fuck, you know, and he tries to call Gus. Gus isn't answering his call. And so he sort of slinks into his chair. Uh, he falls asleep with the TV on and boom, cue the dream sequence. Cue It's a Wonderful Life, you know, uh, homage, you know, whatever you want to call it. And we get the appearance of... Uh, I don't know why I love this. I, I shouldn't love this as much as I do. Uh, but Black Snowman Gus. I hated it. 
because know. like he looks like Mr. Hanky. Like, is it supposed to be like yeah, Mr. Hanky, or is it just like brown snow? Yeah, it's just well, it's a, it's a chocolate snowman. Uh, but but I no, but it pretty. didn't look like if it was a chocolate snowman. Sure, I get it. It doesn't look like chocolate. It, okay, it's, it looks yeah. like a it shit. looks like a big a big shit. Yes, it does. But I don't I know for like some that. reason. Just make it a, like a, a white snowman and dress it like us, or make it a piece of chocolate, like or like the the, the Santa chocolates you get or whatever. Like I did not care but for it, that. It, at it all. had this. It had the scarf. I thought it was cute. <laughs> you know. Don't, you're like, you can't you can't accuse me of being a non-fun haver. I thought it was adorable. But we get Tony Cox dressed, you know, as an elf, you know, as he was in Bad Santa. And he's playing Sean's super ego. And he is there to not only help Sean see what life would be like had he not come home, but also sort of act as his conscious, as his Jiminy Cricket, as his sort of, you know, spirit guide, if you will. And um, there were moments, like you said, where I thought this was, I had some laugh out loud moments. And then there were others, you go, eh, a bit much. A yeah, bit they were much. bobbing and weaving in between yeah. funny and just like, what are we doing? Like that, yeah, you have it here. You like the chip on his shoulder. I hated the chip on his shoulder. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? There was no <laughs> yeah. chips in the office. Like it just li- literally came out of left field. Yeah, it was, I don't know. There's something I just loved it because he said you've got a chip on your shoulder, and then you look and he's got a chip on his shoulder. Again, does it make sense? No, but for some reason it just hit me. <laughs> it just like oh yeah, it's a fucking there's a literal chip on his shoulder. Maybe I think maybe it's because he's just a little man. He's just there. There's, there's a mm. chip there. I don't know, but um, but you know he's he's he got dressed as Paul Bunyan. He tells Sean <laughs> to suck it. You know, kid, uh, you know kiss my rock hard bubble loving ass like when he delivers lines like that i'm gonna giggle every friggin' time all right yeah i guess i'm the non-fun haver here because i did not appreciate that in the least uh (laughs) so then we go from there uh again like just the transition to like henry's place is weird yeah, well, you can't you can't forget the Grinch in the background too of the psych office. What, what was that? That was point. Like I was, I kept watching after that because I noticed it for the first time in this viewing of it, and I watched it again, being like, "Is it going to come back? Is it going to be a rule of thirds? Is it going to play in any other way?" Nope, just a random Grinch coming by and stealing a gift. It just hit me. This what was are we doing? Li- this was a live action Family Guy episode. No, <laughs> right, just Family a random funnier. Well, yes, I would agree, but with just the random shit going on, like, yeah, I don't know. It was just, yeah. So, um, we start to get the transitions. Sean is going on his his journey, and he's visiting all the important people in his life to see what it would be like, um, you know, had he not come home. So, I, I'm I'm calling this multiverse Henry. We we go to meet multiverse Henry, <laughs> and essentially we get Fat Thor here. Uh, what do you think of Henry's hair here in this it is scene? Wispy, it is bad. It's like a bad butt cut. Um, he's got the gut hanging out, and I think it's his real gut. And then the other thing too is the oversized lactate milk. Why? Yeah, just why? Yeah, why? yeah. I have no idea. No idea. Like that was so dumb. But I love that he called him. Um, uh, my dad looked. When did my dad turn into Nick Nolte? Um, and then, and then you had Sean goes and reeks in here, and then you get Tony Cox, just like Bigfoot's ass. 
like which is a reference i believe to anchorman yes smells like so, bigfoot's dick yeah <laughs> so and then and we get him calling up maddie you know saying you know why'd you marry that guy uh, it was just dumb like okay just, and like the story tells you remember when you accidentally need someone someone in the right like in the, the whoppers right in the whoppers like what are we doing what yeah, are we doing yeah. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't believe for a second that's how Henry would have turned up. No, he would have been in his best old man Hawaiian shirt, flip flops. Well, we saw him fishing. before he came back, anyways, like five yeah. seasons ago. We saw him; he was doing just fine. Yeah, he'd be on his boat, you know. So now we go visit Multiverse Gus. Now this is one of the bright spots of the show. Um, oh, just quickly, a real quick aside here. Uh, and Tony Cox makes the point that this is just the version of Henry you're creating in your own head to make yourself feel better. So we obviously know yes. that Henry wouldn't end up like this, but Good point. they yeah. don't give him a cutaway like they give Jules and Gus and Lassie of like a regular shot of them. Yes. Good point. I kind of get that. Like when they did that, like, oh, you're creating this in their head. And they're just like a little bit sadder or like they wouldn't have made partner or they would have been a detective by now. Like the yeah. Henry thing, like it just literally made no sense. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't pick up on that. That was awesome. Yeah, because especially with the Lassie one, too. We'll get to that in a second where he's like, well, at least they respect him now. Right. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the fucking gay man. This 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 just just stunk. Um, but we get <laughs> we go to multiverse Gus and we get a UPN reference which I absolutely love. And so Gus's multiverse is him as a sitcom dad, like mm -hmm. a Reginald Val Johnson, you know, type character, what? which is <laughs> so he come, he's he got a fro in the stash, you know, you what? when he also, enters the door. I love UPN thing. I love that reference, but we get the intro and I don't know if they just ran out of creative services money by the end of the year, but that's not a UPN intro. UPN intros back in the day had way more energy. That was just like a bad song with bum, poorly bum, animated bum, words. Bum, bum. Like, <laughs> jazz that shit up, man. Like, that was pathetic. I was, like, as an editor and, like, person who does creative <laughs> shit all the time, I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this? Yeah. But Multiverse Gus, you know, uh, he kind of, it's great. And I love the dance that he does. That is tremendous. That is probably my favorite part of the entire episode yeah it's 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 we all know gus is a is a smooth dancer but the whole it, 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 they let it ride for for a few minutes it feels like um you know it's great and then we get you know we get introduced to uh his son anthony who just keeps yelling you ain't my daddy every time gus talks to him you ain't my daddy <laughs> is that all he says <laughs> this season last season was sniff this unit uh, which, <laughs> and then this was one of the things I picked. I remember picking up the first time I watched it. Gus's sitcom wife, uh, I go, she looks very familiar. And then you IMDb it, and it's Keisha Knight Pullman who played Rudy from The Cosby Show. Mm -hmm. And what makes that such a great pull, you know, casting is that the the the, the, the rumor and the the, the psych. It, it, I think it was season two or the end of season one was scary. Jerry, scary, scary Bianca's toast. Yeah. They call him Bud from the Cosby show. And so like playing on that, getting Rudy from the Cosby show, having them be sitcom husband and wife. I just thought that was a nice little touch. Um, and I love the fact the way, that her. 
Her delivery, Rudy from the Cosby Show of Bud, is one of the all-time great delivery lines in the history of sitcoms. Really bud. Bud. <laughs> bud. bud. She wears sweatpants that says humps, you know, that's, on the butt that, cheeks, That's also great. Which which I loved. So, you know, and, and you know, the point of that was showing, well, Gus probably would have just gotten married to some, you know, woman who's just looking to take advantage of him. He'd be very happy. So it was a good, you know, this whole thing was like Shaw just sort of being selfish about, oh, look how important, look how, you know, you know, awesome I am, you know, to all my people. So then we get so we get we get back to back scenes here that I actually enjoy when you get to the multiverse uh, Santa Barbara Police Department and you get Colonel T. Muscom. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You right. Do. La- Lassie is the, the, the chief. But most importantly, William, ah. most importantly, we get Frau Vic. And I'm going to tell you. Bissima, ah. Frau and she does a great Vic, job, too. She gets it. She fucking that accent, her delivery, the sound she makes when Lassie slaps her in the ass. I'm all <laughs> worked up now thinking about it. <laughs> like, that gets me. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, she is underratedly kind of hot, like normally, but in that scene, she's bringing it. And I love that Sean kind of has a thing for Frau. Yeah, now I do too. But you know, Vic's got the knee-high boots on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, eh, Docky Likey. Um, <laughs> and then we get a shot at McNabb, and he's just fucking wearing bullets and got a bazooka, and he's still he's got he's like the Rambo McNabb. like a uh, bullet. Like uh, things going across each side of his chest for no reason. Yeah. So like, okay, we get that, and and and, and again, we get that cool little bit here. Um, like we it was, in the last scene, it was Rudy delivering. Uh, you know the 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 important news item about the case, um, breaking character, and then this one, it's it's uh, Chief Vic doing it. Um, I like that. Again, I just sort of liked that. It's a nice storytelling device. Yeah. Um. But again, these things don't really serve much purpose. Well, because like, I could see if it was half in, half out, like we get the full Sean, like in his head version. But what Tony Cox is actually telling him is like this isn't actually how it is. Yeah, you just you, you're, you're just, just doing this, this. and then you get like better. the shot of Lassie, you get the shot of Gus. It's not a, like if they did half one foot in, one foot in the other world, like real and fake. That I think would have balanced it out a little bit better. And like the the transfer we get from this scene to the next, very odd. It's the same thing with the transfer from that scene to this one, from um, you know Cosby Show Gus to the the police department. He sits down on the police department bench and he goes for like a roller coaster ride. And in my head, I hadn't seen this episode in a long time, and I'm thinking, oh. He's just going to all of a sudden like transform that seat into the seat in the back of the cop car. No, he rides it for a little while and then it's just an awkward fucking like transition into yeah. the car. Yeah, it was just uh, it's not great, Bob. It's and stuff so like normally hits too. Yeah, yeah. They, I think, I think that again, they were trying a little too hard to be artsy outside of the boxy. And uh, it just didn't, it just didn't, you know, they just didn't pull it off. Mm-mm. But we get to multiverse jewels here. She's down in Miami. She's, you know, essentially, you know, you know, playing what they say, fair faucet from TJ Hooker, mm-hmm. right? She, I would say she looks hot as shit in this with her hair all mm-hmm. teased out like that, right? Like they gave her good fair faucet hair. Holy moly. Um, but it's dumb. The whole thing is pointless. It's just her driving around like a maniac in a cop car. 
Um, not she's just a regular beat cop, and her partner is a whiny fucking sack of shit. Maybe I should transfer to Santa Barbara. Get out of here. Like, come on. And then what would have made this scene a little bit better is if is had Jules delivered, you know, broken character and delivered the news item, but it sounded like it was just Chief Vic saying it over the radio. Yeah, and this this was kind of pointless. They also have one of the weirdest things in psych to this day. It was so out of left field where all of a sudden there's a black and white scene where Sean and Jules are holding hands mm. between the grate of the police car and nothing else in the episode had been like that. It's totally out of left field. It just felt so friggin' out of place. Yeah. And like as an and not to brag, as a professional editor, <laughs> like I would have just fucking been like, nope, doesn't yep. fit. Can't have that. And there's so many like choices I'm looking at when watching this thing being like, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. So again, I'll, I'll stop shitting all over this episode because we love psych. It's <laughs> our favorite show. But that to me was like the one thing that was really like, what are we doing? Like that yeah. makes no sense. And, and here we are too. We're halfway through the episode or maybe even more at this point. And like, all we have really for like a plot point is, you know, Sean fucked up this case and, but we still don't know what the case was really about. We don't like, there's still no crime and we just getting all this Sean self-discovery stuff. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, what do we do? Why am I watching this episode? I well, that's the other thing about this episode. I'm looking at it right now. It's not halfway through. That's like 18 minutes in. So it's a little less than halfway through. And that's how I judge all content. Does it feel quicker than it was? Yeah. Hopefully women feel the same about me. But. <laughs> but oh, lost you, Billy. So while Billy's trying to figure out his mic here, I am going to do the professional thing and fill up time, right? Because I got yelled at for not doing this before, not knowing how to, uh, you know, navigate things. Here. <laughs> I listened to that one the other day, too. It was so funny because I didn't edit it afterwards. And you're like, Billy can't hear you. And then you would just fall silent for like seven seconds. No, still can't hear you, Billy. <laughs> but... To get back to it, right? It was just it was it was clunky as shit. So we're back at the office now, and um, I kind of like this. I don't know how you feel about it, Billy, but we get we get the current young Sean popping up into um, you know Sean's sort of you know a vision quest here, and you know the I kind of like this back and forth a little bit. And one of the lines I liked it was just a, I just thought it was a sneaky little throwaway line, but he goes the little Sean goes we've changed a lot. You know, over the years, sometimes week to week. Am I right? You know, because they, they smile and nod and a wink at it. I like yeah. how they were dressed the same. It was pretty nicely executed, except again, you know, I guess Sean really does like awkward exits. That's a line he has later in the episode. But like that was just like it was not awkward. It was like uncomfortable. Like, go to your room. Just get out of here. Yeah, you're and freaking then, me out. Yeah. Right? And then he walks away and then he dissolves away. And again, that's something that if you're going to do, do it consistently. It was yeah. just thrown in there of one of the many alternate universe things that happens here with no consistency to it. Yeah. Uh, but there was a little back and forth here between young Sean and Tony Cox where he goes, we were <laughs> doing fine until little Frodo Jenkins came along and he goes, dude, I will lay him 
out. <laughs> like, I think we were all feeling that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but again, like, what was what was the fucking point, right? So finally, Sean kind of snaps back to a reality, uh, but he has a, an epiphany here. Um, and the epiphany was simply that, you know, um, you know, while he was searching, you know, uh, you know, Zarsky's or Zelensky's or whatever the hell his fucking name was, uh, office or whatever, um, he gets this epiphany that the surveillance didn't, uh, footage didn't come from his place at all. It actually came from, uh, across the street. So now we're going to finally advance the story here. We're done with all the fucking flashback or whatever alternate multiverse nonsense here. And, from this point on too, we get a different Sean. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like we see like like the vision quest had an effect on him. Um, and we do get some nice moments that, that, that arise out of this, but Sean meets, you know, Gus in an alley. He's trying to apologize, saying, I've seen the error of my ways. Um, and I think we could figure this case out. Yeah, and then he convinces him to finally do it, even though he doesn't think that it can be done. And then <laughs> I think this is uh, when they do the uh, where would you rank the super sniffer? No, that's yeah. when they're uh, at the door of the crime scene. But yeah, like, again, it's a little awkward. I actually was meaning to look up what he said that was going to convince him. He had like tickets to something, but I didn't even get the reference. It was like so. Yeah, quick. I don't even I'm, think like, I wrote mumbled. it down either. Yeah, um, I, I didn't get the reference, so I left it be. But yeah. yeah, you're you're right when they so they're in the alley. The alley happens to be, you know, at the crime scene. So Sean figures out, okay, uh the 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 angle of pursuit, where is this thing going to come from? It's going to come from that building, from that window. So they get there and this is where we we get the ranking of the super sniffer. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like better than, you know, better than Robin. Well, Robin didn't even have no, below powers. x-ray vision and weather control, but definitely better than anything Robin brings to the table. Right. right, right. <laughs> which is nothing. Exactly. Yeah. He's a liability. So is yeah. Batgirl. Right. Which was which was absolutely uh which was absolutely great. Uh so you know, instead of doing their typical psych thing and trying to break into the apartment and get clues and gather evidence sean decides he wants to do this by the book because he knows he fucked up he knows he made lassie and all of them look bad so he's gonna he wants to try and get back into their good graces oh one other thing really quickly before we go on is he says when they go to go into the apartment he goes we got to go into stealth mode and if you notice gus subtly hits the jackal switch and does oh that's right go back and forth we get another little great callback too, I think, from earlier in this season when they make a Michael Jackson reference. He goes, <laughs> gets me every time. Uh, yeah, here. So they were back at the station. You know, they make a Man in the Mirror reference, and, and Gus just goes, <laughs> without oh missing a beat. Absolutely love it. Uh, we get a nice moment between Sean and Lassie. It's sort of Sean is trying to uh, tell Lassie, he's like, listen, I know I fucked up, but I need, I need to to help. He starts complimenting. Uh, Lassie and Lassie goes like my nice posture, my sternum bush, and then <laughs> something about his driving. To which Sean says, "If that's what you need to hear, then yes." <laughs> and then Sean says, "Let's let's hug it out." And he goes, "I would rather fall in love with a vegan." That's a good one. That's one that I forgot because I don't watch it that often. Also, I looked up the um, the guy that he referenced to get Gus with tickets. It's Ralph Trezavant. He okay. was a member of Bell Biv Debo. Devo. <laughs> Makes sense. There we go. So Lassie is in. 
they get to the crime scene and uh man so so you can smell you know gus sort of like leads him on like mm-hmm. oh i smell yep that smells like probable cause me and they get in there and it's like the fucking unabomber shack and they're like someone mm-hmm. is planning something uh it's clear that they were targeting zelinsky um that's where the you know the surveillance footage came from and uh so as they're poking around i love i love this little scene because they're poking around sean grabs a phone and he sees a bunch of area codes that he doesn't you know recognize and he goes gus is it area codes or state capitals that you're all rain manning with <laughs> he goes, i'm rain man with area codes with state capitals i'm more like john nash the guy from clean house that's niecy nash and she is a fine full-bodied woman sean yeah so Nisi Nash is hilarious. He was on um, oh, right, Reno, uh, 911. Reno 911, which is a fucking great show. She She's just fucking hilarious. But she is a uh, full-bodied woman right in your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. Uh, William. So they see that uh, several calls were made to Miami. So when Sean calls the number, someone goes, Juan? Juan? And then Sean starts to say a whole bunch of uh, stuff in Spanish. He says uh, trampolines gigantes, which is what he says at the end of the Think Tank episode. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Good pickup, William. Trampolines gigantes. <laughs> Por qué? Por qué? <laughs> um, so we, we, we know that someone possibly named Juan is after uh, Zarsky and he's making a bomb, but we still don't know why. We, you know, all, all this stuff. There's still so much we don't know. So they get back to the station. We learn that Zarsky used to run game in Miami. Uh, and one night before he disappeared, Zarsky torched a restaurant. Uh, or was suspected of torching a restaurant that was owned by a woman named Carmen and a man named Juan and Carmen uh, was killed in the fire. So at least now we have some context uh, who Juan might be, right? Someone that might be seeking Juan revenge. Lava. Juan Lava. And uh, so now they decided to go do a stakeout. Uh, we get more uh, Tony Cox this time dressed as post uh, fro. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which made which no Which is sense. not a good look. I would agree. Yeah, but we didn't... I don't know why we needed Tony Cox here again. Like, I think it was to get a little bit more like, it was, behind... It was, it was to uh, get him to sympathize with Henry. Like, why would Henry want to take the job? Because maybe he wanted to be closer to you. Who knows, right? Like, But also, like, Henry never appears again. He just kind of gets him his job back at the end. It's just... Yeah, and he's sleeping on the couch and Sean puts the blanket on him. Like, it was, it was, it was pointless. Um, but while while they're on this stakeout to see if Juan comes back to the apartment, they get a call. They have a Juan in custody and interrogation. They want Sean to go down there and talk to him. Uh, and so we get a Yi Mama Tambien reference, <laughs> to which Juan goes, uh, "I'm in my 40s. Those were, you know, teenagers played by 20 year olds, and they're Cuban, right? It was, it was a whole little thing. But we learned." That was good. Yeah, we learned that Juan uh, was not just uh, you see Carmen's... the ring around his neck that he's wearing yeah. instead of like a uh, like a cross or something, and you learn that Carmen was not only his business partner but his, but fiance. his wife, fiance. Yeah, and it was also kind of weird. I guess it was the begrudging respect that they had for each other that Lassie called in Sean to interrogate because that's usually the last thing he would want is for yep. him to crack one of his suspects. But it is, I think that was a very nice way of doing it. I really liked that part of this episode. And then that takes us to, you know, he realizes that not only is this guy pissed and he surveilled him, 
he did it to basically make sure that he wouldn't be in jail for nothing. He wanted to fucking murder this guy. And yeah. then, you know, they put two and two together about, you know, the smells come from the apartment. He had bomb. Sean sees his watch. It's 24 minutes. So that is when the bomb is actually going to blow up and kill this fucking guy. Yeah. And, and what was great, too, is that, you know, the one was the one that sent purposely sent the um, the tape into the, uh, uh, the, the news station because he didn't want uh Zarsky going to jail for tax evasion he wanted him to suffer he wanted he wanted him dead right he didn't want him to just you know be in jail and live a cushy life in jail he he really wanted him dead so that's what he, like, he set Sean up so that he could ensure that he could be the one uh that killed him uh so now we're on we're on the road to um the neighborhood possibly where the bomb is and, and this is, is my favorite part of the entire episode. Sean yes. is interrogating Juan Lava to try and get him to tell him where the bomb is hidden and how to disarm it. And you get the pan down to Sean's phone and you're like, huh, I love that part because I think that's the best payoff of the entire episode. You know, a few minutes later, it is and it isn't right because I love that aspect of it, but it's also like not entirely plausible that Gus is going to be able to pull that off before the bomb squad gets there and not see him and him get, you know, like very short period of time. Uh, I think uh, it's okay because he's right there. Right. Yeah. But uh, true. But I do love that aspect of it. Like I like that reveal of it. Mm -hmm. uh, what I didn't like was the scene in the neighborhood uh, where there's Zarsky they're going to, you know, they're trying to make sure he doesn't blow up and no other people get blown up in this bomb. But then Sean does his, I will testify. And then Sean, Gus gets up. I will testify. The whole never get, get I, I broke the dam. Yeah. I yeah. It's just, one of those moments. I, I, I do kind of like how they pull him out. And Jules is like, you know, I didn't join the voice force to save pieces of crap like you. You be quiet. And then they're like, you know, you're actually going to go away for a long time. And he's like, yeah. Good luck getting anyone to testify against me. And then they do. It's a little bit over the top. I didn't hate it as much as you did. Um, it was fine. Again, it's like they kind of painted themselves into a corner with this episode. Right. A hundred percent. And I get it. And it just it was like one of those forced like feel good moments, you mm. know, um, and I just thought it was just incredibly lame. Um so that's 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 sort of it. That's that's your reveal, right? Like, okay, Juan was just seeking revenge for you know a you know a two bit you know mobster who you know had killed his wife. Like, there's so many other ways they could have done this that I think would have worked a heck of a lot better. And they just got a little too cute with it and and missed the mark at almost every goddamn opportunity. But there were scenes that we enjoyed. There were, you know, there, you know lines and bits of comedy that we did enjoy. Uh, but yeah, like as far as ranking this season, you know, this is definitely going to be bottom of the barrel uh, for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get the end scene where you get a little bit of, you know, love between him and Henry. Everything's copacetic. So I I can see what they went for. But again, yeah, uh, not their strongest episode. I think we can probably <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. Let's get to the Thundercats. Ho, ho, ho. Keep see what tonight, I did there? Keep you're warm. You're red hot. 
you're warm, you're red hot. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Billy, you're on fucking fire tonight. Uh, most memorable moments for me was basically anytime Tony Cox was on screen. Yes, it got to be a little bit much at the end, but hmm. I generally found him to be uh, be funny. Mine was like the quick quips. Uh, obviously, you love Frau Vic. Oh, I, I got to think about it right now. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, my my favorite scene was the multiverse Gus, the Gus dancing, the uh, yeah. <laughs> you ain't my daddy, and of course the uh, snip this unit. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start start using that. I don't know how, but I'm gonna do it. You know what I did use today, uh, Bill? I used little dollop of a woman today. Uh, I, I've I've gotten a couple of good reactions with that. We uh, had Stefania Bell at the Super Bowl a few years ago. And uh, she walked past, and she's like the ESPN like injury girl. And I was just like, she's a tiny little dollop of a woman. And my friend was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Where'd you, where'd you come up with that? And I was like, it's my own. Like, I just claim psych as my own. Like, yeah, my own. Because well, nobody to. fucking watches it. <laughs> um, the, multi, yeah, the multiverse Gus scene was great. Um, you know, least favorable moment. I mean, the multiverse jewel scene in the plot. I mean, just in general, it just wasn't a great episode. Um, so there, there was a lot of lacking in that as well. Uh, that was probably, as I referenced, the worst thing I've seen in Psych, maybe ever. That just random cutaway of them holding hands between yeah. the bars. But, um, you know, now we can get to our favorite character, and I think yours is pretty obvious it, from, yeah, it was Tony Cox. He was great. I mean, he gets it just for saying sniff this unit. <laughs> that right, that right there wins it. <laughs> Mine is definitely Gus. I thought Gus was in that one scene at least was great. Just his smile when yeah. he walks in the door and goes, what? <laughs> and the dance too. the look on his face as he's dancing. Oh, the dance know? is fucking phenomenal. Too. The dance was, uh, was fantastic here. A uh, couple of quotes here. And then we go for Dilly bars. What the fuck is a Dilly bar? I don't know. It definitely is like a thing. Uh, Cause it's, it's not like a fucking like, Oh, it's like an covered. ice cream. Um, uh, the ice cream on the stick with the chocolate coating. It's one of those. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like pickles. I'm like, that, 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 that's not good. Um, <laughs> oh, I need to pat them, prick them, and mark them with a B. Right? We get a little uh, nursery rhyme there from Sean. Um, oh, yeah. Remember when you accidentally need Buck Owens right in the Whoppers? Yeah. And I, mean, it's I put that in line. there just because I wanted to say Whopper, 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 Whopper. <laughs> Triple double junior whopper fling grilled taste with perfect toppers. I rule this day. <laughs> I want a whopper. Uh, that, that's the best fucking jingle ever. Um, oh, <laughs> when Tony Cox delivered <laughs> this good. line, all I missed was getting tossed around like a little black lotto ball. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hysterical. Uh, and then this was probably the the one of the worst. Like uh, the light bulb came on and I had a catheter. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah, you mean catharsis? Yeah. Um, it's called impulse control. Uh, it's where one controls their impulse. For example, I see that cockroach. And I say to myself, no, Sean, you can't eat that. Yeah, and then this one was pretty odd, too. You know, uh, that's an insult to all other cockroaches, including Jiminy Cricket, who for the first time I'm realizing might be a cricket. Like, that one was fucking terrible. Made no sense. Made no sense. Uh, and then we get our first, our first suki. <laughs> from uh from Gus there. So let's uh let's let's wrap this baby up, baby. Uh, boom, boom, like boom. Muffins. Muffins. 
Yeah, I said baby twice there. Uh, it's been it's been a week, but I had I had a, I had a tooth ripped out of my head the other day. I'm oh, still feeling the effects. Good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, some running uh, gags. Uh, there's a pineapple or pineapples on Henry's quilt. Uh, we get a Gus don't be a Gus don't be the way Eric LaSalle spells Eric. Uh, I think we had another one too, actually. Too did we? Yeah, you uh, go through the next ones. I'll find it. Okay, uh, these weren't technically fake businesses or jobs. These are just odd jobs that Sean um, has had. We get reference to the Wienermobile in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and the tour guide at Graceland. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Henry, Fa- don't be Keith Sweat now. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> um, Henry, Father of the Year, Dick of the Year moment. Uh, maybe you should never come home. That was that was a prick line. It's that probably was- the only one this entire series so far that's actually been prickly motivated yeah uh a ton of references i mean we get powers booth reference willow obviously disaster movie nick nolte upn heather locklear tj hooker robin batgirls you just said keith sweat uh jimmy cricket uh paula Patton. talk about another yeah get it Mm -hmm. um Bad Santa, Austin Powers. You know, this is not about the roles I should or shouldn't have gotten. That's um, great over Dinklage. Over Dinklage. Um, an elf reference. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Niecy Nash. So a whole bunch of references thrown in there. Maybe one of the more uh, heavily referenced episodes here. Uh, and then rating. You you went low. You went lower mm-hmm. than I thought. I was, was going to go five. That's fair. This. Uh, but four that's by half. far our lowest rating. I don't think anything's ever been a six, <laughs> like under we, a six. I, we've had, I think we've had a six. We've, this is the first under six, and like, was it last week's episode? Like, would have been ranked higher, um, it, or it was ranked higher than it should have been because it had it had the saving grace of 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 uh, you know the comedy. Like this, just the, the comedy wasn't enough to pull this one up and elevate it, you know, higher than what it is. So I, I'm going to go a hard five uh, on this one. Okay. So that's like a four seventy five. Yeah. 70. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems, it seems about right. So, you know, this was, again, it had some moments where I laughed, you know, the, the I think the two scenes that just stand out the most are, you know, Frau Vic and uh, mm-hmm. sitcom Gus. And then outside of that, it was just a whole lot of puzzle pieces that just didn't fit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Billy, Bert. Hey, Bert, I know you're in there. Come on, son. Come on, son. Get the body with that bull. Come on, son. Uh, what do we have? So next week, uh, we have season five, uh, episode 15, Dead Bear Walking. We don't use it at the beginning anymore, so we can use it now for uh <laughs> come on, son. Yeah, come on, son. What we what you gotta do is you gotta pull uh Ed Lovis it or just come up make a little montage of come on, sons. I kinda like the way we do it though. That because I did think of that. It's true, a great true, idea. True. Yeah. And I was like, no, I kinda like us doing the come on out of here. Come on. <laughs> Although the, the sweat my old right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe. We'll toy with it. We'll toy with it. We'll workshop it. It's uh, it's in the hopper. Uh, so with that said, Billy, uh, where can the people find us? Uh, oh no, 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 I didn't even say it. Dead bear walking, right? Yeah, I, I said it. 
Oh, you said it. Okay. I, 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 I stole your funk. That was uh, that's bad. okay. That's all right. That's all right. Da, 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 da. So you can find us anywhere. You can find your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify. I say SoundCloud. You probably can't get us there, but really anywhere else. And then the hashtag uh, Dork Shared Gooniverse Facebook page houses all of our stuff. If you want to get a real sampling of the other podcasts we have, they can also be found on any platform. That is your other podcast in TLDR and then Change My Mind. PCP, which we're going to be doing a scream episode with my buddy Ben coming up Monday. So we are back for now, but not probably for good. And then the heavy hitters of the DSG in Dork and Mac and Goo. Check out that'sachunky.com for all of your t-shirts where I think you should leave. And then go check them out, uh, Mac and Goo, for their I think you should leave poll, which me and Doc had a little hand in helping uh, at least come up with some names for stuff. So go check all of us out on all of those places. Hell yeah. Hell and the yeah. streamers, you, Shime, and the Dork Boys. Yeah, which none of us really stream anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, until next week, Billy. Wait for it. Frank says hi. Clicky.